Like I literally gave absolutely everything I had to every, every aspect of it. But at the same time, it just wasn't enough, you know, and the bank account was just like, yeah, <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> so it was like, what does this mean? You know, I gave up so much to be here. Hi friends, and welcome back to the Naked Soul Podcast. My name is Caleb, and I'm your host. The Naked Soul Podcast is all about finding the courage to get close to your pain, to peel back the layers of past disappointments, shame, betrayal, the guilt from the mistakes you once made, and the unforgiveness you have towards yourself, others, and even God, so that you can begin to release that pain once and for all, and begin to experience and live in the freedom that is available for each one of us right here, right now. And in this episode of the Naked Soul Podcast, I had a chance to sit with Morgan Harper Nichols and I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am to share this conversation with you all. Morgan is a writer, artist, and a musician who makes her work around people and their stories. In 2017, Morgan started a project where she invites people to submit their stories to her website. From there, she creates art inspired by what they send her and then sends them the art for free. Nearly everything Morgan creates and shares today that you see on Instagram is from this project and this project reaches hundreds of thousands of people. But that's not what I'm most excited about. What I'm most excited about was Morgan's willingness to be honest, vulnerable, and transparent about her story. I think we can all agree that at some point in time, we can find ourselves in life feeling so far behind. We get caught up in these seasons where nothing is seemingly going right, life as we once knew it is falling apart, and we don't know how things are going to possibly work out. And what I really love about this episode is that Morgan was there, full of doubt and despair, but she so beautifully reminds us that we are only one moment away from everything changing. It was in Morgan's darkest hour, in a season where nothing made sense, a season where no matter how hard she tried, nothing was going right. But in that season, she published a poem from this place of brokenness that changed everything. So I hope that as you listen to this conversation, That it reminds you that no matter how bad it might get, no matter how lost you might feel, no matter how much doubt you wake up with, you are only one moment from your life forever changing. I hope this episode blesses you as much as it did me. Morgan, good morning, and thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Yes, good morning to you as well. I'm, I'm honored to be here. And before we get started, I, I sincerely want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for the finding the courage to withstand whatever tests that you've had to withstand throughout the duration of your life that has landed you in this place doing the work that you are doing, because the work that you are doing is so healing um, on so many levels. It's so empowering, it's so encouraging, and it's right now more than ever before, it's so needed. So I just want to say sincerely, thank you. Well, thank thank you so much for, for acknowledging that and affirming that. That's very encouraging to hear. So thank you so much. I was so excited whenever you agreed to do this podcast because I have been a fan. And <laughs> um, I know that a lot of people probably know you from your Instagram. They know you as a writer, a poet, illustrator. Uh, I also know that you were or still are a musician. 
Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. I don't I don't tour as much as I used to, but I still I still play and travel here and there. So, yeah. <laughs> so what is, yeah. you know, tell me one thing that you would want people to know about you that they probably don't actually know. I think one thing I would love for people to know, and I hope this isn't like too deep right at the beginning, is that I I can be somewhat like I can I, I get a lot of messages people are saying like oh you're really positive and how do you stay so positive and one thing I would love for people to know and it's very hard to put into words that I'm actually a naturally a very negative person and that's actually where like it started for me to try to like you know encourage positivity in my own life because I I naturally just go to the worst like I don't go to the best so um that's definitely something that I that I don't think a lot of people know or you know you couldn't really see that in my art like another thing my art is really colorful and that's because in my own life I'm not a very colorful person like I don't wear a lot of color I don't have a lot of color in my house so that's all like very intentional of like me putting things in my life that are full of color that remind me of joy and peace and hope so yeah, that's something I, I often think about. I'm like, oh, I wonder if people know like just how, you know, how much this doesn't come naturally to me. This is something I'm actively working on too. Do you feel any pressure since you brought that up? Do you feel a pressure sometimes to be somebody that you're not in an attempt to fulfill other people's expectations of you? I do. I do. I think, you know, there's especially when, and I'm sure you probably deal with this as well, especially when you get to a place where you start sharing your story and you start sharing like some of the things that you learn or overcome, it can, it's kind of like this pressure to like always be at that next place of like, oh, I don't deal with that anymore, you know? And even if you are still struggling with it, you know, people are kind of looking to you as to like, well, how do you, how do you work through it? So you know, that is difficult for me sometimes because I, you know, I definitely want to be vulnerable and honest and open as much as I can, but it is really hard when it's like, no, this is something I'm actively working on. For instance, I write, I write a lot about grace and a lot of people ask me, they're like, can you explain that? Can you define it better? And I'm like, as soon as I'm able to, I'll let you know. I'm like, <laughs> That's why I'm writing about it because I'm I'm trying to figure out what grace is in my life right now and what that means. So, yeah, it is it is pressure, you know, especially when you have younger people following you and you know, there I remember myself being 16, 17 looking to people and seeing how they dealt with things and yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure with that for sure. I remember whenever I, you know, walked away from the NFL and I moved to Canada and I was at a dinner party with a group of strangers that I was meeting for the first time that night. And I always kind of, you know, shy away from, it's, it's a false humility, but shy away from telling people my story or to talk about me. Obviously, I'm at a dinner party with new people and I don't want to you know, talk about me, obviously. But they started asking questions about my life. And before I knew it, you know, the NFL came out, bobsledding came out, you know, graduating West Point came out, being an army officer came out. And at the time I had just started my own business and that came out and it was all on the table. And I remember this kid just looking at me and being like, man, like I want your life. And I remember just being paralyzed in that moment with shame because in that moment, I wanted nothing more but to run away from my life. 
I was in this season of trying to let go of all of the ways that I once found validation, love, and acceptance, and really trying to step into my own and to find my voice and to find this place of authenticity in my life because my life up to that point was anything but authentic. And just hearing him say that, it made me cringe because it made me realize that my entire life I've tried to fit and to meet other people's expectations of me. But in that moment, they had no idea you know, that I wanted nothing more but to disappear from it all. So I, I get the pressure when it comes yeah. with people perceiving you one way and it almost yeah. doesn't give you the permission to be who you really are in this moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's hard to experience that in in real time as an adult, you know, because it's like it's like I am supposed to have certain things figured out. You know, these are just things we tell ourselves like this is my job. This is my career. And you know, I should be happy. I should be grateful. I was just having a conversation this morning, actually, with a friend. And we were just talking about how, you know, um, she was expressing something that she was really, she was really grateful for. And, you know, but at the same time, she was ha- dealing with all these, you know, other things that came along with it. And someone was just like, oh, you sound like you're not grateful. It's like, no, I, I am grateful for the opportunities. But at the same time, like, there are all of these pressures that come along with it. And I think that's why a lot of people end up staying silent a lot of times about the things they're going through because you don't want to seem like you're ungrateful. You don't want to seem like, you know, it's like, oh, you're just you're just taking it for granted, all the things you've been given. Like, how would you possibly complain? Um, like, just to be totally honest, like I had a moment like, wait, what's today? Thursday. Yeah, it was this week. Okay. <laughs> I had a moment like that this week where I just, I kind of got really emotional because I was just, I was just having a rough day. And I was just like, so many people expect me to be like an encouraging person. Um, even just friends of mine, like as, because um, what I've been sharing on social media, I've only really been doing that for about two years now. So that's pretty new. Um, and just a lot of people that I know have started to look to me um, for encouragement. And that's a lot of pressure because I'm like, well, who can I go to? You know, if I'm the one that's encouraging, if I'm the one that's putting these things out and I just I just had this moment I was just like oh my goodness is this going to be my life um but you know one thing I just have to remember is that as hard as it is like I have to be open about that too like I have to be open about yeah sometimes I feel like I don't know where to go and you know sometimes just even getting it out there it just reminds me like you do have people to go to it's you know they're not going to have all the answers but you know, you're not going to have all the answers for them. And that's okay. Like a lot of times we just need people to talk to. We don't have to necessarily look to one another for, you know, all of the answers or the blueprint on how to live life. You, I know, said we, you started out, correct me if I'm wrong, as a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now you are doing the work that you're doing now, just to get a little bit more context. How did you yeah. go from that to this? Yeah, so I I graduated from college in 2010 and I had no I had no plans of doing anything creative as a career. Like I, I was a musician, um, but I didn't I was like, I, I don't know if I want to do that. I think I just want to work a regular job and you know just kind of go on and do that on the side. So I actually came out of college and I worked as an admission counselor um, at the college I graduated from for two years. And while I was doing that, I have a younger sister who's two years younger than me, who we do a lot of the same things, um, but she's just a much more extroverted version of me. (laughs) And she had started a YouTube channel and it was like getting traction and 
one thing led to another before you know it she had a record deal and was traveling across across the world playing shows and i'm just like where did this come from yeah it's all from youtube um and she start she started doing that and it ended up leading to her like getting nominated for a grammy and 19 and like just all of this crazy stuff just really awesome things happening for her but at the same time she didn't have like a team with her like a team traveling with her so me and my husband we we had just gotten married we actually decided to um go on the road with her so my husband became our tour manager and i just kind of one thing led to another i, I started out just playing guitar next thing you know i'm singing next thing you know we're writing songs together next thing you know i'm putting out an album <laughs> and it's like what happened so um <laughs> i i definitely kind of follow my little sister <laughs> first and i'm not ashamed to say that that's that's kind of what happened and it was just like okay maybe i'll try this maybe i'll try that um and that ended up going on until around 2016 so we were traveling um, started traveling a little bit in 2010 with her, even while I was working, but then it kept going and I eventually left the admission counselor job. And by 2016, we had been doing that for our entire 20s and, um, you know, up to that point. And I kind of got to this place where, you know, I, I think the shortest thing, I the shortest way to sum it up is just burnout. I was just really um, you know, I was so grateful to be in the industry and to to meet people and travel and to make music. And um, I'm so grateful for everything I learned. But just for me, I was like, I don't know if I can do this right now or anymore, or maybe, maybe I just need to step away from it all. So I kind of hit this wall where I was just like, I, I don't know what to do. And um, I kind of spent 2016 just going back and forth with like, maybe I should just not try to do anything creative maybe i should just try to to find a regular job again but you know my whole resume at this point is just touring musician so it's like who's gonna want to hire me like you know what could i possibly bring to the table and you know at this time a lot of my peers you know they're still traveling and touring and i'm just like oh i don't know if i i don't know if i can do what they're doing i don't know if i can keep up so um you know, it started out with, with doubt and then it kind of just sunk into like really, just a really low place. Um, I just got to a place where I, I just, I felt like a failure. I felt like I was being irresponsible because I'm like, this is my job. This is my career. How can I just leave this? You know, we can't, you know, this affects our income. Um, so my husband who actually works, worked also in construction early on, he went back into that and he was like, maybe I'll, I'll, you know, start a construction company. And I was like, okay, yeah, you can do that. And I'm like, well, maybe that's just what I'll do. Like, you know, I'll just be the wife and I'll just stay at home and just do nothing or figure it out eventually. And I spent a lot of days just in the house, um, not seeing anybody, not really talking to anyone and just feeling like I was going in circles. So this led to November, 2016, where I wrote a poem and I hadn't written a poem in years. Um, that was just something I was passionate about in high school and in college, but I, I just kind of let it go. <clears throat> and then um, I wrote this poem and it was just pretty much a sum of everything I was feeling, just feeling like a failure, feeling like 2016 in particular had just been a really rough year and I, I hadn't done very much. Um, it was probably income wise, it was, I probably made less that year than I probably made, I think, 
ever, honestly. And I was just like, yeah, this is not good. Like, I can't live my life this way. So I, um, the first part of the poem says, when you start to feel like things should have been better this year, remember the mountains and valleys that brought you here. And I just kind of wrote, wrote essentially what I was experiencing in that moment. And I took a picture of it. It was just in my journal. I took a picture of it and I got ready to post it on Instagram. And then like right before I posted it, I was like, uh, I don't know, so many people on Instagram, like this might be too deep, this might be too much, let me just not do that, I'll just post it on Pinterest, nobody's really over there, like no one, no one follows you over there, I'll just post it there and just forget about it and say, okay, I released it, it's gone, it's out there, and move on to the next thing, so I posted it on Pinterest, a few months later, this is right at the beginning of 2017, I got a DM from somebody on Instagram, and they said, hey, did you see this reality star post your quote, or your poem there's like a poem on her page with your name on it and I was like yeah I did write that I don't know how she found it but that's kind of interesting so I was I told her I was like the person that posted I was like thank you thank you for sharing this and then a few days later something else someone messaged me and they were like hey did you see this athlete they posted one of your quotes so something with your name on it on their page I was like I have no idea how they found that and this happened like a few more times. I was like, you know what? Let me go look at Pinterest. Let me see what's going on. And that particular pen had been pinned over 100,000 times. Wow. And till this day, I have no idea where it picked up. Like, I, I have no idea. Like, I've gone through like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I was like, wow, that's kind of unexpected. And that piece just started getting shared more and more, ironically, on Instagram, the place that I was avoiding because, you know, I was afraid of what people might say or how they might feel about it. And I started getting messages. And I think this was a huge turning point for me. I started getting messages from strangers who were saying, thank you for sharing this. Like, this really resonates with me and what I'm going through. And then they would say what they were going through. And it was totally different from what I was going through. And I was like, wow, isn't that something? I was like, for, you know, for me to be able to write something that was so deeply personal that I was almost too embarrassed to share because it was that personal for somebody across the world who we have totally different stories for them to connect with that. I was like, that's, there's something there. And that's, that's bigger than me. I, I, I think there's something there. So um, from there, people started asking, they're like, well, do you have more on this topic? You know, and I was like, not really. I was like, that was kind of like a one-time thing where my life was falling apart and I was ready to give up. Um, but I was like, I'll, I'll try. So I spent all of 2017 really just kind of getting back to almost like this childhood place of just creating just freely. And that was something that I, I had lost over the years when when art had become my job, you know, it became about, you know, writing for a certain market or doing this and doing that. And, you know, can this pay the bills? And I just kind of hit a spot where I was like, you know what, we have enough money to pay the bills. We don't have a lot, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make things. So I started literally with just crayons and markers and Sharpies and just exploring and, and, just creating. So that was kind of the start of, of where I am today. And, and at the end of that year, I just, um, end of 2017, so this is about a year after I wrote that poem, I was kind of hitting a low spot again because I was like, okay, I've spent a whole year, you know, almost creating and, and sharing and, and 
I, I don't know, is this sustainable? Like, is this a hobby? Like, what is this? And I was like, you know what? I got to do something that's going to keep my mind off of this. I've, I've got to do something that's going to keep me focused on the why I'm doing this and get down to the core of that. So I posted on my Instagram story. I said, hey, if you would like for me to write something for your story, just send me a DM and I'll make art for you. And I, I just decided that instead of worrying about how or if or when or where this was going to grow or if it was going to go anywhere, I was just going to focus on the people that were already there and make something for them one person at a time. And I was like, maybe I'll do this for a few weeks. A few weeks turned into a month, a month turned into a few months. And that was in, that was in October, 2017. And every single week since then, I have just been receiving messages from people and writing for people one by one by one by one. And I still have those moments of doubt. I still deal with moments where I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, even today, like we just launched something new and I'm just like, it's going to work. Like, is this too much? And I still have those thoughts. But at the same time, when it becomes about that one-on-one -on -one person again, you know, it makes, it makes all the difference and it really keeps me grounded. So that's kind of how I got here today. <laughs> yes, I love it. Whenever you, I want to talk about how you write for the one person because I find that to be just extraordinary. And it always reminds me of, you know, how Jesus stopped for the one. Mm, yeah, and, exactly. Right. And I want to talk about that. But before we talk about that, can you take me back to the moment when you decided that you hit a wall with music? You know, I remember when I was sitting in the back of the church in Canada that I moved to that where all my transformation really happened. And in my heart, I had made up the, my mind that this was the rest of my life. I was going to serve this community for the rest of my life. I was okay to serve this community. It was a small church, 150, 200 people. And I was, I was good with that. And I kind of made this promise to myself because of the radical transformation that I experienced. I said, anybody that walks through that door that's looking for transformation, I want to help them. But I was sitting at the back of that church one day and I was like, oh my gosh, the grace for this season is up. The season of life is over and I had no idea what was next, but I hit a wall and I found that like I was flowing in the river at one point and it was easy and it was, it wasn't easy because you're going through healing. That's never really easy, yes. yeah. but it was right. And you could feel that it was right. There was a flow to it. There's a natural flow, a rhythm to it. But when that season was up, it was like er, done. But I was like, what is next? I have no idea what is next. And so I would love to hear from you in regards to when you knew that music was up, what really was going on in that season of low, in that season of despair or anguish that you were feeling? What really was happening? Yeah, yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I feel like it was a lot of things happening all at once, but at the same time, it felt like nothing was yes. moving forward, yes. if that makes sense. Yes. So it was just like I was pouring my heart out like my heart and soul into everything I did because it was like we actually sold our house to move to Nashville and to write and record this album and we made a lot of sacrifices so I felt this pressure to really make it work so I was doing everything possible to just 
keep the plates and spinning like on the air in the air i was just like we gotta just keep this going even if it's just barely inching forward we just gotta keep doing it you know go on this tour do this write with this person you know travel here do this meet with this person do this do this do that and you know you have industry people telling you here's what you need to do here's what you need to do and i'm like okay yes sir yes sir i, I would do this i would do that and i i was like i'm not gonna say no i'm just gonna do it i would you know in, in terms of like writing the music when i would have to turn in songs i always turned in like fully produced demos i was like i literally gave absolutely everything i had to every every aspect of it but at the same time it just wasn't enough you know and the bank account was just like yeah <laughs> it's not enough <laughs> so it was like what does this mean you know i gave up so much to be here um so much to be here and it was this one random day we were on tour i i to this day i can't remember which tour it was or anything but my husband and i because he was tour managing so he was with me we were on i think we were on the tour bus or yeah we were on the tour bus and we were in texas and i looked at my husband and i said what if we moved to texas like just randomly and he was like yeah let's do it so we literally packed up our apartment left it like and started a new lease in dallas texas we just got up and left and <laughs> that was a huge turning point because um you know in the music industry i mean you can technically work anywhere but you know in the in the particular genre i was in like nashville's like the spot um and then atlanta's a spot too and that's where i was from so for us to leave these two major pockets, you know, Atlanta and Nashville, they're only four hours apart. So I mean, they're really close. For us to leave those pockets, like people are like, whoa, like you're really just giving up on this, aren't you? Like, um, you know, it was it was huge to, to leave that area. Um, but at the same time, it was just like ripping the Band-Aid off. It was just, and I don't, we couldn't articulate it then. And, and I just think it's so amazing that we were both, that we were both just on the same page about this. <laughs> totally random move um but we're like yeah sure let's do it let's just go and everyone's like what are you all thinking like it's so random um but that just ended up being a season of, of just growth and learning and just peeling back the layers and just starting from the from the beginning in a in a one bedroom part apartment in plano texas and it, yeah and it was just when i look back on that now i'm like yeah that was the hardest year on paper you know in terms of financially in terms of work opportunities because you know my husband he was he was starting this business this construction business at that time so i mean it was it was hard but at the same time i was like we needed that it was it became kind of like a cleanse and it it really laid the foundation for for where i am today so yeah. when i hear that story it's apparent to me from the outside looking in that that move, and as you know, it was no coincidence just because that move is what demonstrated the greatest level of trust in your absolutely. life, right? Yeah, and it's like absolutely. you're moving away from the two places that you arguably need to be the most, whether it's Nashville or Atlanta in regards to what you're doing with music, and yeah. you're moving away from that. And so I find that this journey, it was nothing, this journey wasn't about walking away from music as much as it was learning how to trust God in the process. 
and that God has a million different ways to get you to where you need to be. But the real test is, is learning how to trust when nothing makes sense, when everything is falling apart, uh, when you're once dreams that you had for your life are no longer the dreams and you're kind of in the valley of indecision of not knowing what the new dream is. It's all about learning how to trust. And that's the real journey. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love, I love where you just said, you know, the valley of indecision, like that's like, that is a perfect picture of where I was. And, and I feel like a lot of people end up in that place and, you know, cause you have, yeah, especially once you, you know, you're no longer like a kid and you're no longer in school because by that point, you know, if you've had like a job or two, you're like, okay, I, I kind of know what my skills may be or may not be, but I don't really know what's next, you know, or, I mean, the same applies with relationships. I mean, it's just, it's just, it goes on and on. But like you said, I mean, it's really trusting in that process. And, and I, when I look back, even now, just when I think back on it, I'm like, wow, when I was in it, it did not feel like I was trusting. You know, I felt like I was just grasping and barely hanging on by thread. But it's like the mere fact that I still got out of bed every day somehow, the mere fact that I still managed to, to write in that season like that was all a part of trust too so yeah so knowing what you know now and what you've been through and kind of being on the other side of it i know that there are people listening that are maybe in a career and they know they want something more for their life and they're stepping away from the old and trying to step into the new Uh, maybe there are people listening that have had a dream in their heart but they keep hitting against a wall with that dream and it's not necessarily coming to pass the way that they expected to do it and they're kind of walking away from that what would you say to them now knowing what you know now Hmm. i think the first thing i would say is that whatever it is that you're learning right now it's not going to look like it in the moment so if you're growing in courage and strength and wisdom and grace trusting it is not going to look like it right now (laughs) because right now you're just feeling the growing pains of it you you won't be able to see i mean maybe some people can't but i know i couldn't um but for the most part you're not going to see that whole picture um so it is going to feel hard and the second thing is i would say and this is something i'm really passionate about is just find something in your life that allows you to just take things one step at a time, um, to take things uh, just one breath at a time. So one example for me, which you know, I started when I was starting to write for people one-on-one is when I got in that rhythm of just focusing on, instead of focusing on the followers or the numbers, and I started focusing on one person at a time, like it became like just one step at a time of me just being constantly reminded of what actually matters and the connections that were real and what was actually important about all of this. So, you know, even now as I'm like, I'm getting ready to walk into a new season where I'm about to become a parent. And congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And, and I have about a month left before the due date. And even now, you know, I'm kind of at a point where I do start thinking about things I didn't accomplish before like becoming a parent. I'm like, oh, wow, I thought I'd be, I thought I would have done this by now. I thought I would have done that. So one thing I've just been working on is every day, like I just try to find 
one little thing that I can do that is an accomplishment, you know, it could be something really small. I'm like, wow, I've been meaning to email that person to just tell them they've encouraged me for like six months. That's my thing that I'm going to do today. I'm just going to, that's my accomplishment, yeah. you know? And cause I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to accomplish these big things and figure out a lot, but it's like, no, the small decisions you make matter too. The small actions you take, like those are just as important. And you'll look back and you'll see that, oh, I was continuing to be consistent even when I didn't realize that I was, you know? So that would be, I know that's kind of a long answer, no, but that would be the thing that I would just hope that someone could remember just one by one, one step at a time, you know, whatever you're your passions or your curiosities are, whatever it is that you're, you're working on, you know, if you're in a season of like recovering from something, like, I think that's super important um, because you can feel like I should be further along in my recovery journey, but one breath at a time, one step at a time, whatever you can do, even if it's small, even if it's just like, I'm going to write one sentence in my journal every day, like don't even put the pressure on yourself to fill the page, just say, one sentence that's what i'm going to commit to and, and validate you know, it yeah exactly. and validate that i showed up today yeah exactly exactly and there are millions of ways we can do that um that are that are meaningful and they matter and they're a part of our growth yeah i, I remember you know just getting out of bed you alluded to it just getting out of bed was a victory for me you know when i first walked away from the nfl and i realized that the life that i thought i wanted it wasn't going to happen in the way that I've always expected it to happen. And that letting go and that grieving process was such a hard process for me. And getting out of bed was just a victory for me. And then just learning mm -hmm. how to validate that was important because then my victories became a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more day by day. And it really made me confront all of the ways that I found identity outside of myself and I realized that I put such a demand on myself to show up in these really great and big ways because yeah. I found so much identity I found so much worth through my performance so the bigger the performance the more I felt valued the more I felt loved it hurts so bad in the moment because you're like what the heck is going on but you when you look back I realize like oh that was really an unraveling of all of the ways that I once found identity that was not sustainable and that was actually limiting me in life from experiencing the depth and the yeah. fullness of love in this life and that was the season that I actually came into my own that was the season wow. that I actually learned who I am and when I learn who I am that can never be taken away from me again you know exactly. I, have to, I have to give that away and that's that's really what's happening in those seasons of undoing yeah. and that's why it's just so important to show up validate the small wins and just fall forward <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that this is something that that maybe athletes and musicians have in common is that, you know, small wins isn't really what's talked about. Small wins get you <laughs> cut like, and fired. Exactly. Exactly. It's like it's like, oh wow, like a thousand people bought your record. Good job. No, that's, that's not, not enough. And you know, I, I feel like, you know, for both athletes and musicians a lot of times, like you're you have to win big early like early in your career a lot of times like at a young age like i you know i i know nothing about sports other than just watching but i am always just amazed at just watching athletes and the athletes that i know i'm like there is so much pressure on this young person 
I'm like, <laughs> but they just got their driver's license. Like, it's just, just, that's a lot of pressure to put on a young person. And the same thing happens in music. Like I was just saying, um, I was just saying something, I don't even know who the artist was, but it was something about like, oh, here are all these artists who, who performed at Coachella by age 17. And I'm just like, these things, like, I'm like, there's so much pressure and it's, it's based on how quickly you get there and how, how many tickets were sold, you know, how many wins you had and all of that. And, and it really, it's very hard to like, not let that become your identity because it's literally how you're like, this is how my bills are going to get paid. It's how like, I find love. <laughs> yeah. It's how I find love and respect. And yeah, yeah I remember one moment where when my mother, I remember a moment and my mother was a great mom and it's nothing against her but one of like the moments that i had to really revisit and kind of change the narrative was when i scored a game-winning touchdown when i was in junior high or yeah junior high and i scored the game-winning touchdown and my mother says honey you scored the game-winning touchdown we love you so much and in that moment i correlated performance with love And that became wow. the driving force behind my entire life was one performance after another trying to reach this level of success or a performance so that I could find the love that I was really looking for. And that's the healing journey. That's the journey of stepping away from it all for a season so that I can now go find it internally. So now I can go heal all of the moments that robbed me yeah. of that self-love in the first place whether it was when I was a childhood from the trauma in childhood or in high school, whatever it might be, that is the journey of now no longer needing the external validation and go finding it internally. And finding it internally looks like going back and healing all the moments you lost it in the first place. Mm. You know, and that was just a major point for me. But I want to go back. I want to kind of wrap it up. But I want to go back before we do and talk about you writing for the one. And I remember being so moved by this, as I had mentioned. But it also made me think of a quote from uh, Brene Brown, the social scientist Brene Brown. You might be familiar with her work. And one of my favorite quotes from her, she says, get close because people are hard to hate up close. Kind of meaning like when you really know what they've been through, even if they don't look like you, walk like you, or talk like you, if you get close enough to them and you see their pain, it's hard to hate them because you know why they're doing what they're doing because they were deeply hurt. They're acting the way they're acting because they were deeply hurt. So get close to their pain. It might change your perspective on situations. And I find that whenever people are sending in your stories, and you can correct me if if I'm wrong, but you're getting really close to people's stories and subsequently you're getting really close to their pain. So... How has reading people's stories and seeing the pain that they have been through or that they are enduring enduring impacted or shaped you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it's definitely really challenged me to, um, you know, a part of, you know, what I mentioned very early on about just, you know, being naturally a little net negative and cynical. And um, I, I kind of, had this habit and I've gotten better, but it definitely, and I think it comes from a place of feeling kind of like an outsider a lot growing up, you know, being a homeschool preacher's kid. It's just, there was a lot there. For the record, I was homeschooled. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You understand. Yeah. That's just like a whole world on its own. And, you know, especially when we were growing up I and mean, it's kind of more common now. I mean, they've got like hashtags about being homeschooled. Like that was back then it was just like homeschooled. What? So, um, 
I, I definitely grew up feeling very other and very disconnected from other people. Um, just like, you know, I don't really fit in here. I don't fit in there. Like, I just feel like I don't fit in anywhere. But one thing that has just taught me so much about reading other people's stories is that we have so much more in common than we have different than pretty much anyone. Um, when I say I receive stories from every demographic, I receive ev like ev almost every demographic I can think of in terms of social status, in terms of just things that are going on politically in the world, like people who've been directly affected, um, just the age range, every ethnicity, everything you can think of. And it's just endlessly shocking to me how much we all deal with some of the same things at the core, just the fears of not knowing what's next and the uncertainty that we are making any progress at all, the feeling that we're not being heard, um, that our voices will never be heard or that we'll never be able to experience love or that we won't be respected. It's just so, and I say we, because I'm like, I, I think we all deal with these things in different ways. And I just, I have moments where I'm like, I, I just wish there was a way that you know, these stories, like we could all just, I know it sounds so cliche, but that we could all just know one another's stories um, and take away the nouns, you know, take away the, the, this is what this person looks like, this is where they live, this is their gender, da, 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 da. take away all those things and just get, get down to the core. And we'll find that we are a lot more alike than we are different. And that is, that is honestly like the heart of where this project is for me right now is that because I don't share the stories that people submit, like even now, like I'm, I'm like very strategic about not saying specific things um, because I never want anyone to feel like, you know, their story is going to be shared. Um, so, but at the same time, I'm like, what I want to happen is for someone to read that and say, like, I connect with this while also knowing that that was written for someone who's totally different than them. And I honestly think that that's where empathy can come, come and play. And, you know, it takes, it's really hard to be empathetic when you don't have a connection to someone. Um, you know, we see things on the news and we're like, I feel bad for that person, but I, I don't really know what I can do. You know, I don't, you know, if we see something on social media, that's really heartbreaking, but it's like, I've never, if you've never experienced it, it's, you know, it's different, you know, for instance, I, um, when, when, I, uh, when I see things about someone who deals with chronic pain, my mom has a chronic pain illness. So that, that hits me in a different way because I'm like, I understand at least from a daughter's perspective, you know, seeing my mom struggle with that. But we all have things like that. But I, I think at the core, at the core, when you really look at the, the fears and the worries and the, the burdens that come beneath a lot of those things that we would, we are, we're really we could really connect a lot more with one another if we, if we really paid attention to what lies beneath the nouns, what lies beneath the layers. I love that. Talking about empathy, I heard a quote recently, and I don't know if this is it like verbatim, but it says, you know, people who despise the wounded are not familiar with their own wound. Mm. And it's, yeah. you know, empathy also comes as a result of being very well acquainted with your own brokenness. 
and realizing what it's taken for you to work through the midst of that and through that brokenness and through that pain. And then suddenly you have such a deep appreciation for it and understand it that I can look at the broken, see them in a whole yeah. new perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, I just read this book um, it's by Parker Palmer called On the Brink of Everything. And he, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he talks about how essentially brokenness leads to openness. And, you know, that just, it just, it opens you up. It's so hard to have, to have brokenness and to deal with that. But at this, the, <clears throat> the good that comes out of that is now you, like you said, like now you can see their pain in a different way. And, you know, I don't think anybody wants to hear like, Hey, like how, how well acquainted are you with your pain? <laughs> you know, how well acquainted are you with your deep child, your deep childhood wounds and things you've suppressed for decades? Like, it's like, Whoa, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, when, when we have, when, when tragedy strikes in our lives and when unexpected things happen, we're forced into that, that dark place a lot of times and we have to face those things that maybe we've suppressed or just haven't really dealt with. So, you know, for me, I just, I, I just hope that I can, I can be a, 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 a voice for, you know, anyone in that place when, of just to encourage them that they're not alone or they're not just, just absolutely lost because they're they're experiencing that or they're feeling that so yeah i love that and it's just it's the power of storytelling it's the power of like being vulnerable it's because you're never going to play in the nfl and i'm never going to be a mother but that doesn't mean we can't connect you know when we get down when we get down to what's really going on we've experienced the same the same type of grief that comes with letting go of the old and stepping into the new. Yeah. We've experienced Absolutely. the same sort of brokenness when dreams don't go according to planned. And when you're willing yeah. to be transparent and vulnerable and honest about that and come from a place of healing, we, are, we, we do see that we're more alike than we are different. We have yes. had very similar experiences even though they've manifested in different ways. And that's what connects us. That's what unites us. It's the power of sharing your story. It's the power of being vulnerable. Because what we were really made for, I find in my life, we were made for connection. That's really what we were. We're like, you know, physiologically wired for connection. Exactly. Yes. And so. Yeah, I I love that. And it's so true. Yeah. If, um. Last question for you. And thank you so much. You have been such a breath, a fresh breath of air today. So thank you so, so much. Well, thank you so much. Um, With where you're at today, you know, probably experiencing a lot of new feels with knowing that you're going to be a mother very soon um, (laughs) and where you're at with your business and launching what you're launching and everything that's going on in your life today. If you were to submit a story to you today about where you're at in life, what would you say to this person? Wow, no one has ever asked me that before. Um, hmm. I would say I'm in a place right now where I am seeing the the fruit of my labor. I am seeing how I did work really hard to stay faithful, and I am seeing fruit from that. But I also deal with the fear and anxiety of, well, how long is this fruit gonna last? You know, how long before it gets bad again? Um, And just needing encouragement that like the same grace that found me in the, in the lows that I had before, and it's gonna find me in the, in the lows that I have 
to come. Like, <laughs> I know that might sound like kind of like a Debbie Downer, but it's just true. I, it's not, it's not, it's not linear. It's not just going to be straight up to the mountaintop from here. Like it's going to, I'm going to have ups and downs again in, in different areas of life, but um, there's grace for those moments too, even the uncertain moments in the future. So I would probably need to hear something about that. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Naked Soul podcast. I hope you all were blessed as much as I was. And if you were, I would be thrilled if you would take the time to rate this podcast and even leave a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, if you would like to learn more about the Naked Soul process or learn more about who I am and what I can help you with, please visit www.calebcampbell.me or you can follow me on Instagram at Caleb underscore Campbell. As always, I love you all. And I'm rooting for you. And if there's anything I can ever do to help, please don't hesitate to ask.